Hello, welcome to my podcast. My name is Jamie and I am autistic. Now, usually people wouldn't say at the beginning of most podcasts or presentations of any kind what their special need or their conditions are. But it's important for this podcast because I am autistic and ultimately that is what this podcast is going to be about. I'm very much in a journey with autism. Autism is something that I've probably been aware of in the proper sense for maybe 15 or 20 years. I'd heard about it before that, as most people have, but didn't really understand what it meant until October 2022. The marker was about eight months ago from the recording of this podcast. I got a diagnosis of being autistic myself. Now, there wasn't a sudden leap from knowing a little bit about it to finally finding out there was a journey. And therefore, as I said, created this podcast with the idea of explaining my journey and helping myself as well as other people understand what it means to be autistic or more widely what it means to be neurodiverse within the modern world. So, as I said, my first understanding, I suppose, of what autism was, was when I started training as a teacher. So I left university, I'd done a degree in what I laughingly now say was absolutely useless. It wasn't. It was a lot of fun and really interesting and it taught me a lot. But coming out of Swansea University in 2004 with an American Studies degree, it was hard to know exactly what I wanted or could do for a career. So I decided to go into teaching and in particular English teaching. And as part of my education as a teacher on my training, I found out a little bit about autism, but not really that much. The next step on my understanding about autism came when I found myself in my first actual job, which was a school in Hampshire. Um, What made this school a little bit different to other mainstream secondary schools was that it had an attached autism unit. So when I arrived at the school, I was thrown into a world where they were these autistic students who would come into my class. Um, And they were kind of treated as separate entities to the rest of the school, although they they were definitely trying to kind of integrate them. Um, I think looking back now, the motivation for it was was well placed, but it basically meant that there were these group of boys who would come into my classes um, and I would teach them as normal. And then they would have an attached teaching assistant and a teaching program specifically for their needs. Um, and they would come from this autism unit. They were able to go back to if lessons got difficult and also they would have support at break time and at lunchtime. So this was kind of my first introduction to autism. And I mentioned there that they were boys because they were all male. So they're all boys of a certain type, a certain type of autism that probably back then we would describe as Asperger's. And I know that's not a term that we really use to describe autism, but they very much fitted in the stereotype of what we see as autistic spectrum disorder. So that was my first insight into it. Uh, and I would say that The rest of my teaching career had interactions along the way with autistic young people, autistic young people who had a diagnosis of autism um, and had attached additional support plan flagged in their education support plan. There were probably autistic young people that weren't diagnosed, but were very clearly autistic. Some that weren't very clearly autistic, but probably were and would have met the criteria for a diagnosis. Um, So it was kind of something that I had a good understanding of, but more from an academic level. And the next step, I think, was when it started to get interesting. 
So if you look at autism and autism diagnosis, particularly in this country, because I can't speak too much about what it's like in other countries, there seems to be an emerging pattern, probably in the last 10 years or so, of young people getting diagnosed as autistic or going for the diagnosis um, and possibly being first identified by their school as being potentially autistic. Um, and once the diagnosis has happened, there are the questions about where that young person has come from, what their kind of upbringing has been. And one of the elements of autism um, is the hereditary nature. So the question is kind of asked, where did this come from? Is there any history within the parents, within the wider family of autism? And that's exactly what happened in my instance. So my son, who is now nine years old, who was about two years ago, was diagnosed formally as being autistic. And he'd started displaying behaviours within school, which we definitely noticed were things that were different to some of his other peers. Um, and he stood out and we started questioning kind of what it was. Um, and initially, we as parents, myself and my wife, reflected on his behaviour and kind of thought, maybe this is ADHD. And the reason we thought that was when he was a toddler, so before he was at school, he was often described as someone who was quite chaotic. Um, indeed, he had this nickname that we, I think we gave him or someone else gave him, which was Captain Chaos, because whenever he entered a room, you very much notice he was there. So he'd often have this behaviour that was, I guess, possibly disruptive, not in a kind of massively negative way, but it was a physical behaviour towards his environment. He was very loud. So we kind of thought, looking back on that, maybe there was an idea of ADHD. Um, and we spoke to his teacher, um, who was also the special needs coordinator at the school. Um, and it's a brilliant school, brilliant uh, resources they have there. And, and she had a conversation with us and she actually said, I wonder whether this is autism. So we went down that path and we sat on the waiting list and we went through all of the, the, the stuff as hundreds or thousands of parents across the world have done and, and are doing um, and eventually got a diagnosis of autism. So within that setup, the gaze kind of turns to the parents and the question is asked, like I said a few minutes ago, about kind of where has this come from? Um, and that was a big eye opener for me because living it through him, through that process, and we obviously got a formal piece of paper that he was autistic. I turned that gaze upon myself. Um, and I think I did probably what a lot of adults in that situation do and have done. Um, and that was research. So I went onto the internet, I looked at different blogs, I looked at different videos, I looked at the definition of autism, um, and then eventually found my way to a diagnostic criteria, a questionnaire. Obviously the questionnaire was only part of it, but I completed the questionnaire um, and I very much remember the moment of doing it. And um, I scored what I would say was extremely highly on the autism questionnaire. Um, and as I said, that's only one part of the criteria, but it got me thinking because I got such a high score um, and I would say it was a significant score. So I started to think to myself, I might be autistic myself. So I self-diagnosed myself, which is something I think 
is really important. And, I, and if I continue doing these podcasts, I, I think I'm going to do something on that because I think self-diagnosis is is legitimate and important. Um, so I self-diagnosed autistic um, and then decided that I wanted a formal diagnosis. So um, I went through kind of getting myself set up to kind of get a formal diagnosis. Mm-hmm. I think there were a number of reasons why I wanted a formal diagnosis of being autistic because from my point of view, I was at the age of 40. Um, it wasn't like my son who was just starting off in his kind of life and his careers and schools and jobs and everything that was to come for him. Yeah, I was 40 and settled, but I had a number of reasons. Um, one, I think I literally just wanted to know, am I autistic? I wanted to formally know whether what I had self-diagnosed mm-hmm. through that process was correct. Um, the second reason, I think fitted with professionally myself. So I left teaching. And again, I might talk about that in a future podcast, but I left teaching. It didn't kind of eventually work out for me. I decided I needed to move on. Um, and I ended up work ended up now I'm working in um, the mental health field, the mental health charity. And some of the things that sit alongside that is the world of autism and ADHD and neurodiversity generally. It's quite a hot topic and it kind of links in with mental health. So I guess I was wondering, am I part of the community that my services that I'm involved in running are supporting? Um, And then the final reason for getting a diagnosis is I wanted my son to understand that autism is not necessarily a barrier for the future. Because if you look at a lot of the statistics you read out there and a lot of these statistics and these stories are definitely outdated but you get the sense that autism is a barrier you get young people turning into adults and into older adults who maybe aren't in inverted commas contributing to society um they may be not living up to their potential they might not have jobs they might be in the housing systems and getting benefits um and their autism is seen as a, a barrier um But there are a huge amount of autistic people out there who are diagnosed or undiagnosed who are massively successful. And I'm not blowing my own trumpet to say that I am a successful person. But I went to university. I lived away from home. I came back from university. I got myself a job as a teacher and worked in the teaching profession for 12 years. I was married. I have two kids. I now work for a charity. So kind of quote unquote, I have a normal life. And I wanted to show him, my son, that I was officially autistic and I was able to achieve things and so could he. So for me, that was a really important reason for understanding my diagnosis. And since that diagnosis in October 2022, I've continued on my journey. So this one probably more officially now that I know I am autistic. I've been getting hold of books as many as possible to understand what autism is and how the brain works, reading up on the science. I've been developing my understanding of the right way of talking about autism, developing my understanding of how we can support autistic people within society, trying to get an understanding of how autism fits underneath the umbrella of neurodiversity and works alongside kind of its sister conditions like ADHD and dyslexia and dyspraxia and and all the other conditions that are considered neurodiverse. Um, And I'm really getting to a point where I want to continue, I guess probably for the rest of my life, to understand what autism means to me, how it shaped my past, 
how I look back on my past and I think, oh, that's interesting. That probably happened because I'm autistic. But I also want to look to my future and my future choices. So yeah, that's how we get to today. One of my major future choices is to be an advocate for neurodiversity and particularly for autism, to get the message out there, to talk to as many people as possible, to get people thinking differently and accepting people properly understanding what they see as autism and how it presents. So welcome to my podcast, where I'm gonna look at these issues around autism, how it's important for us to understand what autism really is, how autism presents in so many different ways and how we can support each other, whether we're autistic or not autistic, in being the best allies to autistic people. So thank you for listening. I'm hoping this will be the first of many looking at these different topics around autism. I'm hoping in the future I might get a chance to interview people and actually get them and probably other people's voices engaged in what autism actually means. But I appreciate you taking the time to listen to my podcast. Thank you very much. See you soon.